It is so wonderful to experience the presence of the Lord um, with you uh, together. Um, it is, I was just noticing this little church on top of the FBC there. Um, it's actually not so little, it's the biggest church in Kyiv, Ukraine. I was uh, preaching uh, there recently. We call it, it's a Baptist church. It looks like Orthodox, but it, it's a Baptist church. We call it the Temple of Peace. Uh, of course, there is not much peace today, today in Ukraine, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about what God is doing and what God is doing in our hearts as we are ministering in Ukraine today. Uh, so it is, it is good to be here in your church. You, uh, if you want to know, it, it's a wonderful church that you belong to. You know, coming from the outside, you have great worship, you have awesome interns. Not every church has such, such untalented interns. So, yeah, to create this video was, was just amazing. We would hire you guys in, in Ukraine, you know. This is the kind of stuff that, that, that we do. So talk to me after, after the service, yeah. So uh, today uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this this idea of Emmanuel, uh, and uh, the scripture was read just before um, about Christ being born, and Matthew is saying that, and we all know that. That's a, you know, a familiar scripture, uh, very clear, understandable, exciting, uh, great uh, kind of promise that Christ will be with us. Uh, and that's the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And if you go to Isaiah, it's a little more complicated than that. And the, and the word is the same, the promise is the same, but the environment, the, uh, the circumstances, the context is, is totally different, of course. And God is always, often speaks uh, through, through the current lives that we are living, and He is speaking His biblical prophecies into, into our life. And uh, if you look at, at this situation where Isaiah was, um, there was this kingdom, and that kingdom, Israel and Judah, they're brothers, right? They're, they're from one nation, uh, one, one root, and they're fighting. And Israel is trying to attack uh, Judah, and they found some, um, you know, friends who are enemies of Judah. Now they want to attack, and, and the Ahaz, who is, who is the king uh, of Judah, is scared. He's terrified. He doesn't know what he's going to do. These huge two armies are coming towards him, and as I was kind of meditating on that, I was thinking there are so many parallels to what's going on between Russia and Ukraine today, of course. It is unbelievable, terrifying, scary, and um, you know what, um, what Isaiah, Isaiah told him? Isaiah told him, you have faith. Have faith. In the midst of all of that, you must have faith in God. And this guy, this king, he's not, he's not really, really a great king. Uh, actually, um, if, if your pastor gives a sermon uh, on him, he, he would be probably one of the most terrible kings of Judah. So he's not a great guy. He doesn't walk closely with the Lord. But still, God talks to him and says, have faith. Because with, if you don't have faith, you won't stand. You won't stand without faith. And this is what, um, what we are experiencing. And you guys are so welcome. It's good to be here. Uh, and I, I thought that um, I might teach you how to say faith in Ukrainian. How about it? So you know how to say faith in English and then also in Ukrainian. 
this way I'll feel even more welcome here, if you don't mind. So faith sounds like Vera. Can we say it together? Vera. Vera. Wonderful. You are almost Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, these two uh, gentlemen there, uh, the taller one uh, is our, our director in, in Ukraine. He, when I look uh, back into, into the few years, how God was preparing him for such a time, as this. It is amazing to see how wonderful uh, God is. He knew everything, of course, that this thing would happen, and he prepared our people in such an amazing way. And um, this younger guy, uh, the not-so-tall Max, uh, he always has this wonderful smile. Today is his birthday, by, by the way, so, and uh, when he learned that I'll be teaching you how to speak Ukrainian, he told me, well, how about you remind them the colors of our flag? And these are the colors of our flag. Um, it's a Canadian flag. It was brought to Ukraine by one of your diplomats so, uh, as a sign of friendship. So we, we love our colors, yellow, blue. We have this little saying that, that goes with that, um, yellow, blue bus. Helps you remember. So just, just, I know this is church and I'm supposed to be serious, but just humor me and look at me and smile a little and say that yellow, blue bus. That's so wonderful. He just told me, in Ukrainian that you love me. Thank you so much, I love you too, I love you too, yeah. So now you're fully Ukrainian, we, we, can, we, can, uh, we can start. We, we were thinking, um, well, what's the best way to tell you the story of what God is doing in Ukraine today? And um, it is, you know, one thing to give you facts, and um, I'll give you facts in 30 seconds if, if you, if you don't mind, FABC is a big organization. We are 75 years old, even older than your church. And um, so, and we've been doing ministry in 50 countries. And um, God has been blessing us tremendously. We are do a lot of work with uh, this wonderful organization, Galcom International. And we were just uh, recently, when the war started, uh, military commanders came up to us and said, do you have any more of those radios that you distributed to our soldiers? Because uh, the, the colonel said, I see how lives of those soldiers are being changed. And now the war is here, we need more of those. And uh, we gave him all we had, 1,500 radios. So now we have uh, a couple thousand soldiers listening to us. And we get so many testimonies as people are in the trenches, in mud. The war is going on, the bombs are exploding, and they are listening to, to us on those devices. It is, it is amazing to see what, what God is doing. But I was thinking, you know, the best way to talk about what's going on today is maybe to share a little bit of the lives of our broadcasters, our volunteers, and this will give you a glimpse into what God is doing in, in Ukraine. This is one of our volunteers. Uh, her name is Natalia, and she's a widow of another volunteer that we had um, who, uh, who died uh, eight years ago. And he was actually killed, martyred for, for his faith. You realize this is 21st century. We are talking about European country. But uh, when we opened the station in that city where, uh, where the war would start, again, by God's providence, and he was one of the volunteer broadcasters, very effective. He's a businessman, not a professional, but very good communicator. So he would talk about, you know, what he did uh, during the weekend and how he went fishing, and then he would switch a conversation to, uh, to his faith, how he went to church, and people just loved listening to him. And then four of them were captured, and um, 
The story was told to me by the eyewitness, uh, a lady who is not a Christian, and she was telling me how it was a big room, uh, and they had some kind of cage on, on that side of the room for keeping equipment. And, um, and she said, uh, when they took your brothers and they covered their eyes with duct tape, I knew something ugly is going to happen. So I didn't want to watch. I went to the other side of the room. And they locked them in that cage, and, um, and she said, two sounds that came from that side of the room were um, their bones being broken. And she said, they were singing your Christian songs. She looked at me and said, Victor, I don't know what you Christians have inside of you. I was thinking about, about our brothers as, as we were lifting praise um, today uh, to the same God who loves us just, just as much. And, uh, and those are the, the people that I have a privilege to be ministering with. Um, this is a younger couple, uh, Igor and Emma. Uh, just, uh, it is great to see how they are growing, especially Igor, during these times of, uh, of crisis. In these three months, he traveled throughout Ukraine, not caring about his life, uh, not caring about the dangers, uh, talking to churches, encouraging people, delivering uh, programs to soldiers. On the first day of war, I, uh, I uh, called him and said, Igor, can, I'm going to Canada. Uh, can, can you uh, record uh, what you feel today uh, on the first day of war? And he did. Где в другой комнате спят две моих дочери? Мы хотим, чтобы в нашей стране был мир. Я не хочу прятаться в бомбоубежищах. As you can see, I'm recording this video from a bomb shelter where me, my wife, and, and uh, my two daughters, five and one years old, and also our relatives, it is uh, plus one family with two kids, we're sleeping in this bomb shelter uh, three nights. And really, we communicate with many people. Uh, i making online broadcasting on uh, Instagram, on TikTok. <laughs> Позволь мне помолиться за тебя. Третья книга Царств, 5 глава, 4 стих. Но теперь Господь мой Бог дал мне покой со всех сторон, и нет ни противника, ни бездны. And that's one of his simple TikTok videos. He runs towards the camera and says, wait, wait, let, let me pray for you. And you have to understand that 90%, 99% of Ukrainian teenagers were never prayed for in their lives. And they're sitting there just looking at those silly uh, videos, and then suddenly this guy runs towards you and says, wait, wait, let me pray for you. And um, today, half of Ukrainians are on the run. They're refugees within their own country. Millions have left. Uh, people are scared, terrified. And those teenagers are the same. Some of their parents are fighting. Some of them are about to be drafted. So they stop and listen, and they respond. And every time Igor puts something like that um, uh, on the internet, on TikTok, thousands of people respond. And he spends a couple of days just responding to those messages and connecting them 
them to churches. This is not one, one of his listeners, no, not yet. Uh, this is our youngest member uh, of the team. She's the daughter of Max, our birthday boy uh, today. So they were running from Kiev uh, because it was, you know, it was being bombed and, and um, could not find any, any bread. And Karina just loves her bread. In the evening, she has to have some milk and bread. And that's, that's the routine. And now the routine is broken. She's like, come on, where's my bread? You know, uh, they had milk, no bread. Finally, after a few days, they were able to, to get some bread. He just couldn't resist by, by taking a picture of, of this wonderful young lady. She's a miracle um, in itself, even the fact that she was born. And Max is a miracle that, uh, that we are living with uh, every day. Max is FEBC Ukraine's program director. Born in Chernobyl, he survived the nuclear tragedy as a baby. God protected his life. Trained in theology and law, Max was in business and church ministry before joining the FEBC team as program director. My passion is to reach non-Christian for Jesus. When I joined FEBC, I felt that this was a huge responsibility and that I was not ready for it. At the same time, I knew that this was what I was born to do. Maxime is now coordinating FEBC's programmers who are scattered throughout Ukraine and Eastern Europe, uniting them in one goal, to inspire Ukrainians to turn to Jesus in this crucial time in their lives. People are responding as never before. And that's him singing in Kyiv um, among the buildings that were destroyed. Max is very good with his guitar. Wherever he is, uh, we, we go and he takes his guitar and people are around us and we start the conversation. He has this kind of gift of talking to people. He's not really a great musician, but he's a very good communicator and people are drawn to him. Uh, and it is, it is great to, to travel with him because uh, you see how God is working through him. And uh, he does this every morning. Uh, he draws people uh, who are listening to us. And uh, he's doing this morning show. And uh, I actually have this song from him. So he's just very real, very, very close to people, and people respond to that. And uh, when I came to Canada here, I said, Max, can you, can you give me one fresh testimony, maybe from somebody who responded recently? And, and that was a few days ago, and he said, just today, my, my good friend, his name is Alex, uh, responded to me finally for, for a couple of weeks. He, was, he disappeared, and um, Alex became a Christian about eight months ago, as he started to listen to what Max is doing on the morning show. He became a friend, started to correspond, and you know, they, they started talking to one another, and finally Max said, well, we have this church in Europe. This is, this is his, 
his town outside of Kiev. And, and Max said, we, I know a pastor there, a great church. Maybe you should go visit, see if you like it. So Alex comes to this church and becomes a Christian the first Sunday because he comes prepared. He knows what the gospel is already. And it's like coming home. And that's the case for so many of our listeners. Uh, so, um, and he became, he became a, a believer, was baptized uh, just, just you know, a couple months later. Great story, you know. We have so many of such stories. This is, of course, what became of, of his city now. And um, as I said, when the war started, Alex disappeared. Um, Max didn't hear anything from him. And then he, he texted him, said, Max, good news, I'm, I'm alive. This is what we say nowadays in Ukraine. Hello, hey, I'm alive. And that's, that's the good news already. And he said, I was actually captured um, by by the Russian forces, uh, actually Chechen forces who are fighting for, uh, for, for the Russians. And I um, said they mistreated us, um, we were hungry for days, um, we were sitting there um, uh, in a terrible place, and then I said the most difficult thing for me was uh, when they made us undress, and we were just a few young guys, he's 17, were standing outside on the street and they were just making fun of us. And I said, at that point, the only thing that held me together as a man was the fact that I knew who I was inside. I was the son of God. Jesus died for me. I'm a Christian. And I said, I did not care what they do to me. Whatever they do from the outside doesn't really matter because I know who I am. And he said, it is so great, Max, that uh, a few months ago we got connected and I found out who Jesus is and now he's living in me. And these are the stories that we receive every day from uh, multiple cities, from, from multiple locations, on mul multiple platforms. We have seven stations still broadcasting in Ukraine. We have even bigger audience uh, online as people are uh, responding. And God is blessing us and prepared us with such, such wonderful people that we have. This is another one of them, Ina. Ina is a young uh, lady. She's 30 years old, uh, just turned 30. Uh, she became a Christian only recently, on fire for Christ, just, just loves people and, uh, and just brings the gospel to them. Uh, just watch this little video. Ina is the most effective evangelist on FEBC's team. She is popular both online and on the air. Her passionate love for Jesus shines through everything she does. Very often, Ina meets her listeners personally. They used to come to FEBC's Kiev Evangelism Center almost every day. Today, Ina broadcasts from the western city of Vinitsa, and she travels to other cities to meet her listeners, promote FEBC, and lead many to Christ. I like meeting listeners, and it is such a big blessing to me to have a cup of coffee with them and to tell them what Christ means to me. Then we pray. Often they pray the sinner's prayer with me, but my main goal is to connect them with the local churches in their city. It was but God's providence that for the past two years we work tirelessly and making strong relationship with more than 160 churches throughout Ukraine. Every day, Ina spends hours broadcasting to the people of Ukraine. She talks about peace, about the future, instilling faith into her listeners and she is teaching them to pray by praying with them, naturally. 
leading by example. As Ina's regular fans are now scattered throughout Eastern Europe, new listener audiences are growing in Moldova, Romania, Poland, the Czech Republic, and other countries. Please pray that God will continue to use Ina mightily in the months to come. I was watching Ina praying, praying there in the darkness, and um, it happened on the day when I asked her to, to record a prayer for us, and, and she said, but Victor, my, my voice is down. Um, I said, what's, what's going on? She said, I've been uh, broadcasting for five hours straight. I said, why for five hours? We usually go for one hour, one and a half maybe. And she said, but, uh, but uh, I was uh, sharing the gospel, and then I felt that I need to tell people they need to repent. Um, this bold message of repentance uh, was needed, uh, I felt, she said. And, uh, you know, some, very uh, often we, we provide help and encouragement and hope for people as they are going through very difficult circumstances. And at that point, she said, I felt they needed to, uh, to repent before Christ because what's going on in their souls is so much more severe than the war that is going on uh, in, in the country. And she started just sharing like that. And people began to respond. One after another, after another, and for five hours, she could not stop broadcasting. She, would, she was just answering those calls and, and saying uh, and messages and saying, yes, yes, Jesus accepts you. Yes, if you confess your sins, yes, he accepts you into, into his family. And just saying that for five hours and, and sharing the gospel again and accepting those calls, it was said, uh, so beautiful, but I'm exhausted now. I cannot do this anymore. So I quit doing that. I said, friends, if you still want to repent, just text me. I'll answer each one of, of, of your messages. And she said, I'm sitting here for two hours late at night um, and um, answering those, those uh, messages. Not halfway through yet. It is amazing what God is doing during the times of crisis. As we see those images on, on TV screens, they are true, they are horrible, they are um, bewildering. It is impossible to believe that this is happening, but underneath all of that, God is working in such a powerful, powerful ways. And um, so this is, this is where we are. And Ina is very good on one-on-one -on -one evangelism as well because she works with her listeners who come to, uh, to her after they listen for a while. And on many occasions, I, I, I would be able to see that, how, how it's going. We, in our office, we have this kitchenette and it's behind the glass door so you don't hear what's going on you just see and i'm working on my computer and, and see listeners come and meet ina oh hi hi you know she's a celebrity and very good to meet you and they start uh, talking usually it's young girls so they have this girl talk and then uh, and then after that the conversation becomes a little more serious and you see the girl starts crying then they're hugging and they're praying together she accepts jesus next one and it's like a little holy conveyor as, as people come to know the Lord through just meeting with her. When um, the war uh, began and the key was bombed and Ina was scared, she, she's living alone. If there are any uh, good young men, uh, talk to me. So, so uh, she's a, a great girl. But, uh, and she was scared. And she said, some of my friends are moving to, uh, to a different city of Vinica in the West. So maybe... Uh, maybe I should go with them. I said, of course go. Uh, it's safer. So she comes and then uh, next day she, she's calling me. They just came into the city and the city is being bombed. 
and they're bombing the TV center, and, and their house is just next to, uh, to, to that TV center. And Ina is telling me, Victor, I'm terrified. Uh, I've never seen so much fire in the sky. And uh, she said, I still want to live. I don't want to die. I'm only 30 years old. I want to lead so many uh, people to Christ. And God protected her. Uh, one thing for sure is God was with us as we were talking on that moment. I knew that for a fact. Next day, of course, Ina is walking on the central square of Vinica looking for good coffee because she loves coffee, but only good coffee. And uh, so she's looking for some coffee place and she gets a text from somebody. Hey, Ina, is this you? Um, are you in Vinica? Is that truly you? And she's like, yeah, who is this? Well, I'm one of your listeners. Can, can I talk to you? Of course you can talk to me. And then she comes, she's just standing next to her, you know. Oh, hi, good to meet you. And then this little thing goes uh, like that. Again, like I described, they, they meet together. This young lady comes up and, you know, they have a little girl talk. They find a good coffee place. Um, they smile, they cry. Uh, she accepts Christ. Now she's one of, one of our uh, volunteers. And this... Amazing what God is doing, doing through, through this young, young lady. Uh, we are not talking much about, about Russia today, but uh, I'll just say one thing. Uh, as Russia is living under this dark, dark cloud of lies, of manipulations, of propaganda, um, of repressive measures that the government is applying to, to, to the people of Russia, uh, our audience is, is growing. Uh, this man who had to flee from Russia because of death threats, uh, our most popular broadcaster is in Turkey right now. He's broadcasting from Istanbul. And um, recently he had 1.2 million people listening to him at one time. And that's what God is doing. As people are being suppressed, God's truth is, is just so uh, sought after. And pray for Russia as well. I know it is difficult to even think about, uh, you know, about the Russian people without being angry today, but they need Jesus probably, probably even more than Ukrainians do in some ways. So, this last man I want to talk to you about, he, he's our senior broadcaster in Kyiv, um, and he's um, doing such a wonderful job just, just sharing the gospel with people wherever he goes. He goes at night patrolling the streets and, and he's sharing the gospel everywhere. Uh, just uh, recently he was, you know, because of the technology, it is so, so much easier right now. You can broadcast from anywhere. So he does it from his phone as he's just, you know, walking on the street or from his kitchen anywhere. You're just connected to the internet and you're connected to the seven stations that are still broadcasting and social networks and people are listening um, uh, everywhere. And at one point he was ready to go uh, and start broadcasting and sirens went off and he had to go to the bomb shelter. So he decided to go to the bomb shelter and broadcast from there uh, because the connection was there and then why not? Of course, it's noisy, you know, lots of people with their animals, kids are crying and he decided to do it anyway. So he came in and started broadcasting into his phone. Hello, dear, dear listeners, it's good to be here. I'm broadcasting to you from, from a bomb shelter. I have some wonderful people around me. And those people, of course, started to listen as well. And uh, it is, uh, he says, at first they didn't understand what's going on. 
them. Somebody told them, this is a broadcaster, he's my neighbor. He's, oh, okay, okay. And people started to listen and became kind of quiet. And um, he said, as I started to share, just reciting the 23rd uh, Psalm uh, and um, just, just saying those famous words that uh, David uh, said so long ago, even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil. And at that point, people just, just were quiet and, and some of them began crying, sobbing, listening intently, just, just getting this, these words into, into their hearts. And then, you know, his program was over, the sirens were over, but people stayed and they uh, were prayed for by Sergei. Uh, he presented the gospel to so many of them in different ways, and they just did not want to leave that, that bomb shelter. I asked Sergei just to say a couple of words uh, for you. Of Ukraine war zone, and a lot of you are asking me, Pastor Sergey, aren't you afraid of uh, being in Kiev right now? Well, I'm human being, and uh, of course I have fears, like millions of Ukrainians. I am in his hand, and he says, "Don't be afraid. I am with you." So I could express all of my feelings of fear to him and receive powerful consolation and comfort and internal peace that cannot be described by human words. What is more important, that Word of God reminds me, for example, in Psalm 23, these precious words of consolation that are precious remedy for wounded soul. David is saying, when I will go into the valley of death, I will not fear, I will not fear, I will not fear evil. Why? Because you are with me. So God was with David, God is with me right now, God is with us. And he says, don't be afraid, I am with you. Pray for us, support us, that we may continue our ministry here and proclaim good news of Jesus Christ to our people, that they can find the real joy, real comfort, and real peace that can be found only in Jesus Christ. That's Emmanuel. That's Christ with us. And I'm almost done, but I just want to, to say two things for you. Um, maybe you're experiencing something that's going on in your li life, and it's not as visible as the crisis in Ukraine, and it's not on TV, but you're going through the most difficult time of your life, and maybe you're not such a great even a Christian. Maybe, maybe you just come to church once in a while, and then this crisis hits you. It's okay. God tells you, have faith. Stand by faith. It's like this uh, king of Judah. He wasn't a great guy, but God spoke to him. He has so much mercy for us. He has so much care for us. He loves us so much. He says, stand with me. Just have your trust in me, and I will be with you. And even if you're scared, even if you're trembling, 
even if, if your family is experiencing so, experiencing so many difficulties and nobody can really help you, God is with you. Just put your trust in Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the fact that you are here. We feel your presence. We know by faith that you are here and you are with each one of us, whatever circumstances we are in. Thank you for being Emmanuel. Thank you for being close to us. Thank you for loving us so much. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you for all of that. Amen. And now may God, who came to us in Emmanuel, continue to be with us as we go out into our world this week, into the communities we live in, into the schools where we study, into our workplaces. And may he use us by the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that he will be with us even to the end of the age. Amen.